This baby hits 88 miles per hour. They're gonna see some serious. Welcome back to the Pass Forward Podcast. This is episode 80, A New Beginning. Uh-huh. Let's see Sequel to Friday the 13th. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. That was which we will fifth, talk about that was the later. Fifth one. That's pretty good. It was the fifth that's one. Pretty You're good. right. The one that's after the final chapter. <laughs> which doesn't make sense. <laughs> there was a lot of that going on. Mm. Yes. Uh, with me are my fellow chainsaw wield- wielding serial killers. You didn't have a chainsaw. <laughs> Sorry. With me, as always, are my fellow, uh, was it Axe? What is he? Machete. Uh. Machete. That's what it is. Yeah. With me, as always, are my fellow machete carrying serial killers. I wasn't born yet. <sighs> no, that was Colin Harmon. That's good. That's good. That's good. And Wes Allen. I just want to let you both know. Good luck. We're all counting on you. <laughs> Love it. Well done. I'm Corey Draper. This is the Pass Forward Podcast. We talk about things from the 80s and mm-hmm. the 90s. Mm-hmm. And this is episode 80. So we decided to talk about 1980. Good times. We did it the math. That makes sense, right? Yeah, we did the math. It equaled out. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is interesting because none of us were born at this point. No. But we do appreciate... Some of the things that came out of 1980, we're going to talk about it. So for those of you who are our uh, listeners that are at a more advanced age, you will enjoy this episode, especially if you remember 1980. Um, yeah, you might get mad at us, too, because mm-hmm. yeah, we, you, you we don't know what will. we're talking about. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, need, we need your help. Um, I, 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 we haven't talked about this. Are we just going to go like 1981 for the next episode, 1982 for the one after that? No, nah, we skip around. Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, but in honor of episode 80, it's 1980. So everybody hop into your Wayback Machines or your DeLoreans. Uh, that's probably more appropriate. Hit 88 miles per hour and let's go to 1980. <laughs> All right, so to put you in that mood. Mm-hmm. It smells weird. Yeah, my pants are different sized. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I like my shoes. The uh, let's let's talk about the current events mm. that were going on in 1980. Kind of just dress it. What was going on in the world? Oh yeah. Have you heard? Have you heard of this new uh, news network that just launched? Uh, it's called CNN. Yeah, and yeah. apparently I can watch it here in Florida, and you can watch it over there in California. Yeah, I feel like it should stand for Continuous News Network. But yeah. I don't that think that's for? correct. I don't think I've ever. I think that's it might too... be Continental News Network. It might be conti- uh, Conglomerate no, News right. Network. It might be a. I'm, I don't actually don't know. <laughs> I'll look it up. Talk among yourselves. All right. Cable News Network. It stands for Cable News Network. Well, whatever it is, it's too long. How about we just call it CNN? Okay. Well, the funny thing is, it started June first. 1980, which was just a few days ago, so mm. from this recording. It's hot. Yeah. Yeah. Just in. So I'll, I'll have to remember to watch it. I guess I will write it down on this little yellow piece of paper that I can stick to my wall. Oh, what do you call those? Well, I, I post I post it on my wall, and what? it's a note. Post a what? Slap it. Oh. You posted it as a note. 
Okay, we're not going to do it. this for every single one. <laughs> Post-it notes came out. We had uh, a lot of a lot of big things happen. We had Rubik's cubes were uh, first sold in 1980. Write that on my post-it so, note. Have you ever successfully put finished one of those? A post-it note? No. My wife has. Yeah, a post-it note. Have you actually ever used all of them? <laughs> yes, I have done that. <laughs> we do that thing where they're like alternating sides. So you just, oh, I hate you know, those Open ones. it up like an accordion. Well, those are good if you have a dispenser. Yes. Right. You can't yeah. just like have one of those. No, those are infuriating. Yeah, Colin's got one. But Rubik's Cube uh, was also something that you could solve. Yeah. So have you ever done that? Well, my wife tried a, a while to like learn how to do it and then like beat her own time uh-huh. and like get it down where she could do it within like two minutes. And I think she was able to do it and then lost interest after that. But I wonder if she could pick it up and do it again. This was just a few years so ago. So you're talking about the Rubik's Cube can right she, now? Yes. Can she do it blindfolded? No. Still Rubik's Cube, right? Right. Well, amateur. Uh, what is the secret to it? I, I've never understood how people can like figure out how to do it so quickly. I, yeah, there's an algorithm or math. I don't know. We could YouTube it or something. Oh, wait. No, we can't because it's 1980. Oh, sorry. Yeah. We'll ask okay. a friend uh, at a swap meet how to do so it. So I guess what we can do instead is play some video games. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I hear about this new new cool video game where you're this little yellow man that eats marbles. Oh, like you pack and it, by ghosts. You sort of like package up the marble marbles together kind of thing? Like Yeah. There's gotta be a shorthand and, for that. And he's a man. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. That's a clever name. Okay, we're doing it again. We're doing it again. So uh <laughs> The Far Side debuted uh-huh. in newspapers. Well, With Pac Man, did you do you know what the original name of Pac Man was in Japan? No. Little little chumps his, a lot. His right? name was Puck Man, like a hockey puck. But oh, they changed yeah. it because it was easily it was too easy to vandalize, if you're tracking what I'm saying. Oh, so yeah. they called it Pac Man instead of Puck Man. I so, see what you did there. You there. Go. Oh man. I didn't actually ever know that. That's crazy. So we have the Far Side comics. Which, which I is know we're all fans awesome. of. Yeah, was, I didn't it realize was, it was that old. Yeah, and it was yeah. closer then, right? It wasn't quite so far at that point, right? Just like right. the side. Yeah, it was nearsighted then. Yeah. Yeah, I near- mean, well, with perspective. Sure. Like, then it was far, but like now here, well, again, we're not in 2020 anymore. But once you get to 2020, it's uh-huh. a lot further. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're so dumb. Okay. Some other like current event things. Jo- Alfred Hitchcock died this year. Uh, uh, John man, Lennon was, was shot. That was right in the rear window. <laughs> oh, what yeah. a psycho! Yeah. Um, Didn't he fall down? Too soon. And, like, too he soon. got vertigo still and fell down. Still 1980 West. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's North by North. Was he attacked by uh, what, the birds? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, I think no? so. That's sure. that's how it. Maybe. Yeah. Psycho. I'm offended. Um, let's. I already did uh, that, Jim yeah. Corey. Oh, sorry. I was talking over him. Zoom podcasting is difficult. Challenging. <laughs> Life so, is a lot harder in 2020 than in 1980. It was a lot they, easier to podcast in 1980. Yeah. My 80s yeah. podcast. You could do it like on CNN or something. <laughs> Ronald Reagan was elected president oh. in 1980. Who, you know, Reagan was basically the president of the 80s. Uh, he had two terms. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a that's a big, like... 80s face yeah. is Ronald Reagan. He had a pretty good run there. After is there his, anything else? Did I skip over anything? After his Western movies, he did pretty good as president. The actor? Yeah. <laughs> the actor. 
Who's vice president? Uh, I forget what who he Jerry Lewis. Jerry. <laughs> oh man. Anything else? Did I skip over anything? That's literally no, that's all it. that that's, happened. That's the, that's that's the, the episode. The only things that happened in 1980. Yeah. The yep. end. Yep. Thanks Way for listening to the Password Podcast. <laughs> Go on. Man, we should stop doing these so late at night. Uh, so, okay. So just to further set the tone, you know, there are, these are things that, that Wes and I do. Where we think about, like, okay, movies that came out in a certain year. Uh-huh. That really like latches onto our brain. So mm-hmm. this is the list of movies that came out in 1980. And I feel like there's a, a hold on to your butt a, a hand a handful that we can really focus on because there's a lot yeah. of like groundbreaking things that came out. Well, I'll, I'll skip over the big ones for now. So you know, okay, okay. You have uh, prom night. Uh huh. What are you talking the about? L- I thought you skipped over the big ones. Okay. Well, you know, it's like Jamie Lee Curtis was in that, so it's like, yeah. Jamie, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis was in, was in Prom Night. Okay, there's going to be celebrities in these movies. Uh, <laughs> forget that I said that they're smaller. Okay, so you had The Blue Lagoon. Yes, Brooke Shields was in that one. That's, that one's a pretty big one. The Elephant the Elephant Man came out in 1980. Smoking the Bandit 2. Mm, two. Here's one that I don't recognize. Cannibal Holocaust. Wes, I assume you've seen this movie. I think that was just yeah, Corey's it, horror movies. Really, it's a it's a it's a controversial versal movie uh, because it it's one of the first like kind of found footage e type of movies. Like it's ah. kind of a mockumentary in a way of where like uh, these. I think this it's film a chompumentary with with, with chompumentary, the, uh, yeah, being cannibals, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it should be called, but there's, it's very controversial because there's a lot of animal violent, like actual animal violence in it, and because like they go to the Amazon and like discover a bunch of cannibals, but like they actually film some actual uh, animal cruelty, and so it's very controversial. I've only seen it once. It's very not a feel good movie in any ways, and I don't think I'll ever watch it again. But yeah. Speaking of which, there's the fog, which also came out in 1980. Yeah, John Carpenter. Uh, is that just about yeah. like another San another Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah. Well, uh, there's Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Good yes. day. Good day. Um, which, that one was a big one, I would say. Yeah, which, definitely. Uh, Halloween started the the slasher genre, like mm-hmm. popularized it. It wasn't definitely the first one, but like I feel like Friday the Thirteenth really kind of honed in on made ton of sequels, you know. And mm-hmm. for being the first one, it still has a very big twist ending that I feel like a lot of people are still surprised if you see it for the first time. Oh, yeah. Because Jason is not the killer in that one. Mm-hmm. But, so, and also in A New Beginning, alert. All, also in A New Beginning, Jason is not the killer in that one. So it's good that you picked up, you oh, uh, mentioned hey, that well, one. There you go. So, okay, let's go on the lighter side. So we aforementioned, okay, there was, there's Popeye. Which had Robin Williams. <laughs> that happened. Uh, Flash Gordon, which is horrible. Really? I have never seen it. It's pretty rough, man. It did not age well. <laughs> um, Airplane, which is beautiful. Comedy classic. We all love Airplane, I right? Caddyshack, which is also beautiful. I did not realize that Airplane came out this long ago. That's really wild to think about. Because, like, comedically, I mean, I watched that movie not tragically long ago. And it's still funny. Like, it's... Oh, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, Leslie it, Nielsen and all that stuff. Like it was, it's still its own. He has his own comedy style, but that was mm-hmm. wow. That's yeah, crazy. I definitely think that that really paved the way for the Naked Gun movies and mm-hmm. all the spoof kind of movies like Scary Movie and all that. I, mm-hmm. I know it's not like the first kind of comedy like that, but it's like it really popularized it. Yeah, but it's very quotable. So funny, still holds up. Mm-hmm. Good. Blues Brothers. Are you guys Blues Brothers fans? I am. It's like you watch it now and it's like, it's such a long movie. I feel it like is. it's like two and a half <laughs> hours. Like, I'm like, how did they not cut like an hour out of this? But it's like, you know, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, classic comedy actors. So it's, you know, everybody knows the Blues Brothers, you know, at least like kind of knows who that is. But, you know, it's good music, you know. Yeah. And for well, the most part, is- a good movie. This is sacrilege, but I remember watching that for the first time, and I was in high school, and like just being so bored by it because I just didn't understand it. Yeah, it, uh, but then I I, like over the, the years, I've come it. to really appreciate it. Like you mentioned, like the music that was in it and the subtle humor that's in it, uh, and appreciate it as a classic comedy movie. Yeah, I I wish that somebody would like kind of cut down because like. You know, I know that it's really sacrilege to do that, but it's like I feel like there's just a lot that you can kind of shorten. You know, the comedy style then was a lot more drawn out and not like quick cut as it is now. But, you know, it's there is a good movie in there somewhere, but it's like, you know, it kind of gets drowned by the length of it. The Shining also came out in 1980. Didn't mention that one among all the horror ones, that's but that cr- one's probably the scariest. Which is cr- that's one of the few that I've seen in that sense. Like I, I'm watch. I'm looking at like this list, and like I'm almost like dumbfounded. These things that scare the crap out of me as a kid that were came out like way before I was born in some sense. Yeah, Popeye like, was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, Flash was. Gordon was. A, just kidding, never saw yeah, it. but yeah, uh, Shining was like such a revolutionary movie like it still holds up as like a very terrifying movie because it's like so psychological and there's so many layers to it and it's not like you know like the others like friday the 13th where it's just a slasher movie where it's like you know jump scares and like you know gory it's like there is like some deep layered stuff in that movie you know that messes with you and like really had great actors of course and you know just the legacy of it and it's based off of a really good Stephen King book which which um, Stephen King is famously known for hating the movie version because they kind of changed oh. the story of it a bit but that's interesting um yeah it's it holds up really well I don't know there was also this little movie called um, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. What was that about? Which I think is a space shoot 'em up. Oh, like hmm. a space. Is opera. that kind of like Flash Gordon? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Sure. Yeah, and uh, it's in my opinion the best Star Wars movie. Yeah, um, I think that's a, like the popular pick as people's favorite yeah. of, the, of the original so, trilogy and the whole you know the whole franchise. So. I think it's like the best way to handle a sequel. I feel like, you know, everybody should kind of look to the way that they handle that as far as how to kind of up the ante as far as like a sequel goes if you have a successful first movie. Okay, so there's another thing that really sets the tone for people. I mean, if you see 80s movies, there's a big or 80s TV shows set in the 80s. There's a big factor in those in setting the tone for bringing up nostalgia for people. And that's the music. 
that was rampant in the 80s, specifically in this year, there's a ton of songs mm-hmm. and albums that we could bring out and mention. Um, oh, yeah. Like just a time because you had you had uh, bands and, and artists like Queen, Billy Joel, Diana Ross, Blondie, Christopher Cross. You had Cool in the Gang, Ozzy Osbourne, just the whole <laughs> spectrum of styles of music that you know all of them are uh, iconic in their own way. So any of these you guys want to point out specifically where you're like, oh man, this was this is, this was I like I wish I lived in 1980 so I could experience the song. This is not reverent to the music that you just listed, but I remember my first time going to Warehouse Music and asking for a Crisscross album, and they're like, <laughs> "Oh, you mean Christopher Cross?" Because he had that song "Ride Like the Wind," and I was like, "You're saying words I don't mean." Did he sing "Jump Jump"? That he did not, and I wish that he did a cover of it because it probably would have been great. But, anyways, uh, that. From that encounter is where I bought the Criss Cross album, <laughs> but then learned about Christopher Cross. And uh, it was a history lesson. It really so was, in some sense. Thank you, Warehouse Music on uh, Painter Avenue and Whittier, Whittier Boulevard. So it's great. I, I feel like I could really nerd out about a lot in this area of music because it. it was, you know, 70s was a great era of music and i feel like it opened a lot of doors for a lot of like kind of sub genres um and specifically in rock because like you know the i feel like metal really kind of started breaking out a lot because iron maiden and ozzy osbourne and motor motorhead all kind of really broke out Mm -hmm. acdc yeah and um uh you know punk rock was really birthed out of like the late 70s and you know with the Ramones and the Sex Pistols and the Clash and it kind of quickly started kind of doing like a a, it kind of peaked and started kind of phasing out but I feel like that kind of sparked a fire in a lot of other sub genres like new wave uh, Mm -hmm. and probably metal was a part of that too but like uh like new wave, like the talking heads came out then echo and the bunny men, like the kind of and Devo, a lot of these kind of like post-punk kind of like new wave bands. And I feel like even like it started the, this new wave and like an American punk bands, like the dead Kennedys and black flag and things mm-hmm. like that. So it, it really kind of started this wave of like, you know, DIY kind of, music where it's like you you didn't have to have a major label but you kind of like uh all these bands specifically out of like california i think like uh dead kennedys and black flag and all that were out of california so there was like a lot of punk scenes kind of uh sparking out of of these like kind of small areas uh which it was kind of started more in the uk but it kind of moved over but yeah, it's 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 such an era of like experimental music that kind of started a lot of major genres later on. Yeah, it's really true. I, I mean, I feel like I should just go ahead and run down the list just so people can get an idea it. of the, the kinds of songs that we're on. So here we go. So we have uh, Queen released another one, Bites the Dust, mm. Billy Joel, It's Still Rock and Roll to Me, Air Supply, Out of Love, and Lost in Love, Christopher Cross, Ride Like the Wind, Cool in the Gang, Celebration, Blondie, Call Me, Diana Ross, I'm Coming Out, and Upside Down, Devo, Whip It, Lips Incorporated, Funky Town, or Lip Sync. Oh, lip Sync. I get it. 
<laughs> Lips that, ink. Is that what they? Is that what they? Yeah, that's what they did. Yes, there. that's what they meant there. Uh, okay. Uh, Gary Newman, Cars, which I feel like was a very '80s song before '80s music sure. became yeah, like really like I think of that as one of those quintessential like '80s songs. But it was like you know, basically the early '80s was like basically like an extension of the seventies, much like Mm the eighties was, you know, like extended into like early nineties. So like, um, a lot of this, you can see a lot of seventies stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I had a history teacher one time in college say like, uh, say that she felt decades should have been measured by the fives instead of by the zeros. So like 75 to 85, 80, like 86, sorry, 76 to 85, 86 to 90, like that kind of stuff. Because, you're right. It does bleed over into the early part portion of the decades, or at least it used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because especially uh, in the 80s, 80 versus 85 are totally different time yeah. periods of as far as like pop culture that's come out. So true. Because like um, even like in this list, there's a lot of disco stuff that have kind of bled over yeah. into the 80s. So continuing on, we have Prince, I Want to Be Your Lover, Rush, The Spirit of Radio, Ozzy Osbourne, Crazy Train, Pete Townsend. Let my love open the door. Joy division. Level terrors apart. The police. Did do do. The do do do. The do do do. The police don't stand so close to me. Talking heads. Once in a lifetime. Journey any way you want it. Bob Marley. Could you be loved? Peter Gabriel. Games without frontiers. ACDC did back in black. And you shook me all night long Crazy. in one year. Motorhead. Uh, the Ace of Spades, which is probably their most famous one. Willie Nelson, On the Road Again. Ario Speedwagon, Keep On Loving You. And Bob Seger, Against the Wind. So a lot of like songs that are still played often yeah. um, in, in pop culture, TV, movies, uh, and on the radio, obviously. So it's a good year for music. I've never really heard was. of any of those songs. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously a lot of those people had albums that came out that year, but you know, among the the ones that I guess are, are worth mentioning. U2 had Boy that came out that year, so that was their first album. Uh, Pretenders, their first album. Bruce Springsteen, The River. Um, and, of course, The Police with Zenyatta Mondata. Is that how you pronounce that? I think Zenyatta so. Zenyatta Mondata? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Queen, The Game, Ario Speedwagon, High Infidelity, ACDC, Back in Black, Motorhead, Ace of Spades, Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard of Oz. Uh, which you know was his first so- solo record what? after Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, their first album. So, yeah, good year for music, like iconic, very in a way. And it's like ACDC, that was their first album. Uh, like they had a previous lead singer, Bon Scott, but that died, I think, the year before. And that, so that was the first album that they had, Brian Johnson, which is you know oh, wow. what I feel like a lot of people you know, know that voice a lot more Yeah. with, you know, shook you all night long back in black and all that stuff. So, yeah, I don't think yeah. I think so much iconic stuff. Really? I don't think I realized like what a, at least in my brain, like what a turning point so much of this is for like the music that like, I feel like this is like the, the underlying baseline for what I enjoy music wise. And then like, I feel like it all builds upon this genre in some sense, like, or this era is like the music that I listened to was like either samples from this or mm-hmm. this music yeah. in some crazy way, which is so wild. Even Well, and now you know, we're now to the point where a lot of 
commercials just have these songs in there. <laughs> right. Like it's pandering. Ads, so. It's pandering yeah. and playing to a certain audience, which is right. fascinating. Yeah, and it's um, like it's it's there's so much excitement because like there's so much new territory being like, you know, they paved the way for a lot of you know things that we hear today. But like, it's like you look at 2020. It's like what kind of new genre, new things are being done now. It's like, I don't know if we'll really know until years later, but it's like, I feel like, you know, this especially was like, it was just breaking new ground with like new styles of genres and everything. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you think about now, like the right now would be people who are trying to, you know, dive into new genres would be like only Billie Eilish sort of like in some weird sense like there's there isn't this division of uh exploration that there was at like a top 40 level like there is in this era like it was just a lot yeah. more these days they just don't understand the way music used to be Ugh, i see what you do there but i think there's like well a... i feel like things have just been so ex- everything's been explored it seems like so everything is like yeah. what mixture can you put together right. of what's existed mm. before Okay, well, let's move on to popular TV. Um, I, you know, I've said a lot on this podcast that '90s sitcoms, '90s TV was like is kind of like I, I watched all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still a lot of 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 shows on this list that I have seen because of the reruns that I saw in the '90s. So um, let's just go down the list there. So Magnum PI was one of those. Tom Selleck. Yeah, different strokes, which I watched a lot with my grandfather. The Dukes of Hazard, uh, Mash, which obviously was a mega hit in the '80s. This was going on. Then these are these are shows that didn't debut in '80, but this was what was going on. You had the the Facts of Life, which I watched a lot. That's crazy. Jeffersons, Happy Days, SNL was still in its infancy. Mm-hmm. You had Chips, Little House on the Prairie. So there's a lot. Of, I don't. I'm not sure if there's one on here that I haven't seen at least an episode of. And they had uh, the big uh, Dallas thing with like yeah. who shot Jr. kind of thing. Yeah, and I was saving that for last because uh, that was such a huge thing that we know about it, right? Like we've heard about yeah. the who shot Jr. episode of Dallas. Mm-hmm. That was such a cliffhanger and such a uh, I probably something that I, I assume just swept the nation because that's what happens when you don't have the internet and this is just like everybody watches <laughs> the same like four channels. I'm exaggerating on what life was like in 1980, but like uh, it was huge. And to the point where I didn't know about it, this is one of those things I learned from The Simpsons where the, oh, they did, when they did Who Shot Mr. Burns, which was their own version. <laughs> and I didn't know that was their own version until, you know, well, after that episode. But like, just obviously, I'm obsessed with The Simpsons, so I eventually learned about what it was referencing. Um, so, who did shot? Who did shoot JR? I think that's for us to find out mm. for ourselves. I guess as we so. search deep Wait, was inside. It, is it like something where it's like I did? Like if it's it's it, it turns out I, it was me all along, introspective. We I don't know. Did? I don't. I don't actually know who shot Jr. So <laughs> I think I used I to know, know the answer to this. Let me look it up. Okay. Well, one thing that was interesting about this period is that like cartoons weren't really a big thing. Like uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. It's like I don't feel like. Saturday morning cartoons definitely had their heyday in the fifties and sixties and seven. It's like, but I feel like there might've been some kind of like dip 
in a cartoon or children's entertainment because it's like, you know, I think that, you know, right before this, you know, you have the Hanna-Barbera stuff with like Scooby-Doo and all that, but it's like, I don't feel like the peak of like, you know, the stuff that we grew up with didn't really happen until like a few years later with like Transformers and, you know, all the kind of stuff that G.I. Joe and real Ghostbusters and all that kind of stuff didn't really come out until mid 80s. So, like, the really only cartoon that really came out during this time was like Heathcliff, hmm. which was like based off of a, a newspaper comic. But like, you know, I definitely watched Heathcliff when I was younger, yeah. but it's like um, and obviously I watched Scooby-Doo and all that. But it's like it's weird to me that there wasn't a whole lot of children's entertainment at this time and i'm sure that people that grew up in this era could argue that i may be wrong but just looking at what's kind of come around out at that point there wasn't a whole lot and obviously you know nickelodeon didn't exist yet so it's Mm -hmm. like you know we grew up in a prime of like where children's uh programming and commercialism was like beat down our throats um we we were like kind of in that era a lot later on well, like MTV hadn't even launched yet. Like, the, like yeah. the, I feel like the the emergence of cable channels came later. I mean, obviously you had CNN, um, but that was adver- still at the birth of that. Um, so by the way, this was this was the oh. era where kids actually went outside and did things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, it was Kristen Shepard who shot Jr., who was his scheming sister-in-law and mistress. Oh. Mm. She shot him in a fit of anger, according to Wikipedia. So there you go. Uh, yeah, and to your point, Wes, some some things, I mean, this wasn't cartoons, but like some other things that debuted in 1980 specifically were like the David Letterman show, which, which obviously that awesome. became a huge thing. Um, which has started off as a daytime show. That didn't which I didn't do know. Well. I didn't yeah. know either. But like, you know, uh, obviously you did well in the late night circuit. So. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. That's um, wild to think about. Like people, like I don't know. I think it's so interesting to think about. Uh, like even like what Wes is saying is this was in an era where it was the formative years of children being targeted in television marketing. Like mm. prior, like think about like the cartoons that you loved ahead of time. You know, prior to this era, like really, it started in the eighties historically. Is the targeting of children in advertising from different networks and that kind of stuff are realizing like, Oh, the influential generation is a generation before what we're after. And it's where some of that like marketing research and advertising started to change is realizing like, Oh, we can't target the 30 some year or 40 some year olds because they're already established in their ways. We need to influence a younger generation. That's where some of the formative efforts toward making the Disney Channel and Nickelodeon and MTV Mm. and VH1 were targeting a younger generation to be influential at an earlier time when there was a more malleable mind on the receiving end. So it's interesting to see like 1980 was a real weirdly turning point where like music was sort of leading the way in being like genre wise more appealing or more ubiquitous or more adopted by a broader sense of uh, audience but from a television perspective it was still a few years before uh you know the likes of us were born where it's like oh yeah we were raised in a television advertised to us generation 
but the 80s were the early 80s specifically were a very big transition point for television to realize like oh no 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 we have like much more malleable minds we can manipulate <laughs> earlier on yeah which is why we're here talking about all this stuff because seriously it, it controlled so much of our our daily lives it's so true it really is but i wonder if like you know looking back at like this year was such a big year in music is like i think that mtv started a year later like in 81 oh, i wow. believe yeah. So I wonder if that kind of sparked like why they're like, yeah, we should leverage television for music because it's it's going so many directions right now and becoming such a new thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think there was like a different permission, like what mu- what the music industry got away with from like a lack of sanctions at the time. Uh, television was very uh, controlled from like a broadcast from like the yeah, and so like like you said, like I just looked it up, like. Uh, MTV launched August 1st, 1981. So it's one full year later, but they were definitely, you know, planning this approach to say like, we're going to be the visuals to this audio revolution in an interesting way that I think is really fascinating to think about. That'd be a good documentary. Indeed. They should, they should make the uh, origination of MTV documentary. I would watch that yesterday. Let's do yeah. that. Let's make it. Okay. Let's make it happen. Uh, some other, real quick, some other TV debuts, Nightline, Richie Rich, and uh, BET got its start on the US, USA Network. Oh, wow. As, a, as kind of a block of TV there, and I guess that expanded into its own network. Wow, that's crazy. So, so BET uh, preceded MTV. That's Yeah, amazing. I guess technically, that's yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. That's crazy to think about. So there you go. Um, that set the tone for 1980, and it's... Obviously hard for those of us who were not alive then to talk about 1980, but we'd love to hear what you think, those of you who were alive back then. Did we miss anything? What did we skip over, and what did we deface or defile by talking about it (laughs) flippantly or not talking about it enough? Let us know at PassForwardCast on Instagram and Twitter and PassForwardCast at AOL.com. Thanks for listening, guys, and I guess that is it for us. So, until next time, here's Johnny. Rad Rob. Rad Rob. Later, Snorks. Pass Forward was recorded in front of a live studio audience at Nickelodeon Studios at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Not... Hey, Clavis! Wake up! The show's on! Oh, yeah! Kick it!